equity of up to £150 million. You're in the theatre, fine, you're here to win games. We want to try to reduce this gap. I think that uh, a good team has to be good uh, to recognize uh, different phases during the game. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome into the Tottenham Depot. I am your host, Andrew. It is episode 125, and we are back to talk Spurs. Thanks again to Caroline for stepping in and stepping up to host the last couple of weeks. But I am back from a Alaskan sojourn and... Uh, Better for it, I guess, uh, because I didn't really watch a whole hell of a lot of Spurs over the last few weeks, um, and I'm grateful for that. So uh, we're going to talk Spurs today, though. I, I am back and, and have watched Spurs and have enjoyed it about as much of the rest as much as the rest of you have. So uh, we're going to dive in on it. Uh, we will start by throwing it out to Scott. He is at DSM Spurs. Scott, what's going on with you on this fine Sunday? Uh, uh, Jose Altuve is back at second base. Things are good. Um, obviously you guys know, I couldn't, couldn't care less about Spurs. Um, Dynamo got a big point last night uh, on the road in Dallas. So at the, at, at the death too, I mean, it was, a it wasn't stoppage time, but it was a late goal as far as, uh, you know, all Dynamo fans were concerned. So kudos to all the teams I support that are not Tottenham, um, and happy to chat with you guys. I, I was I was gonna like cut him off there, but truthfully, I, I don't blame you. I, like I'm sitting here watching the PGA Championship, and I am way more interested in golf than anything soccer related today. Uh, so I don't I really don't blame you. Go on and on about your your Dynamos and your Astros and your yeah. like. There's it, only there's only one person to blame for why we're talking about all these other teams on a Tottenham podcast. We'll get into that and. And and you may think that it's Shubon. <laughs> and it and it's da- no no. I thought you were going to say it's Davison Sanchez, but we'll, we'll get into that later too. Uh, I'm Shub- just, I, uh, go ahead, sorry. Shubon is also with us. He uh, he was on hand yesterday, and we're going to get his thoughts on that. Uh, Shubs, how are you doing? I'm good. Uh, if, if, if it helps, the other part of North London has also been kind of miserable. And I was actually in the yeah, this morning. Some, I was, some guy was giving me shit, and I didn't say anything. I was just going around minding my business, smiling. And then he was giving me shit, and I just all I did was show him my water bottle, and he just shut up, <laughs> and I just went along my way. I I have not said shit to any of my Arsenal loving friends. I am letting that sleeping dog lie. I am just going to smirk internally about it uh, because look, as a Spurs fan, we 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 really have nothing to say. But at the same time. Uh, snicker, snicker. That's that's the way I'm going about it, uh, and I'm I'm going to continue to go about it. Uh, I don't think I mentioned either at the real Shuban to follow Shuban on the socials, uh, and also Caroline is with us. She is at CG Stefko. Caroline is is this is her flu game. She is battling the elements today to be here with us, and we appreciate her for that. Kaz, hope you hope you start feeling better soon. But how are you otherwise? Oh, uh, thank you. Yeah, it's it's not been the best weekend otherwise either. Um, 
besides Spurs women escaping relegation, it was a bad weekend for all of my teams. Bayern is, is just a debacle right now. So, yeah. Look, I, I thought I thought we would get like a jovial cast today. San Antonio Spurs are going to get Victor Win Benyama. I thought we were going to get a lot of like fist pumping and and you know it all worked out for the Spurs. The tanking project is complete. Win Benyama is coming, but no, it, it just had to be ruined by all the other stuff. And and now not feeling that well too. So it's it's tough. I, I hate that for you. I really do. I am happy about the San Antonio Spurs. So it's it's just I think maybe all of that excitement is what is put me under the weather. I expended too much energy screaming at the number one pick. <laughs> too many, too many drinks might've been drunk in celebration. Who knows? Uh, guys, let's get into this game. And look, when I say that th- there's not a whole hell of a lot, I think we need to discuss about uh, Tottenham Hotspur one Brentford three. Um, in terms of the on the field stuff, we, we, we will talk about Harry Kane. We will talk about, kind of the vibe in the stadium. We will talk about Lucas somehow getting, what was it, like 35 minutes on the pitch or 25 minutes on the pitch um, as his going away present, I suppose. But um, I guess the thing to start to talk about first is this lineup change because this threw me for a loop. Now, I did not not watch the game live. Um, I got the opportunity to go play a little golf yesterday morning, did that. I did come back and watch the game in the afternoon full full well knowing the result, which I think also speaks to kind of the apathy that I, I, I don't normally do that. Normally, if I miss a Spurs game, I am on social media blackout. I don't know what's happened, but instead I decided to no, just know full well that I was going to watch a replay of a 3-1 defeat. Um, but the thing that threw me for a loop was this lineup. It's a back four instead of a back three. And I don't know, at least in that first half, for me, this lineup changed despite the lessened personnel with Davidson Sanchez playing uh, on the right side instead of Christian Romero, who got a knock. And then this midfield, which did not include uh, Pierre-Emil Hoiber, who also had a knock things we didn't really know about until we learned the lineup. Um, Scott, this back four, I thought actually kind of worked in terms of producing front facing football. And of course, when you have a lead at halftime, I guess you can kind of say the first half wasn't all poor, right? Yeah. I mean, I think it, I think it was okay. Um, I think the the second half from the back four was just abysmal and I, and I've, I can get into that. So um, absolutely just, abysmal but the first half was okay i i I sometimes think that that was probably because we got the early goal and threw brentford for a loop and and they were reeling from from getting you know a knockout blow you could say really early in the fight um and it caught them off guard it was a beautiful free kick so anyways i don't know i think maybe that uh papered over over the cracks that were not a great display from the back four in my in my honest opinion I didn't I didn't hate the XG that this team produced. I know that's not a stat that you love to hear about, but they did produce 1.83 XG compared to Brentford's 1.29 for the game. But you're right. It, it, it seemed like all of a sudden that second half rolled around and Spurs were just they were they were getting punched back and, and didn't have anything, anything else. I know you have a Davidson Sanchez rant that you want to get out. So I kind of want to let you just do that and we'll we'll push that aside because honestly. I would rather talk more about vibe and Harry Kane and Lucas Mora and anything other than, oh, Spurs lost 3-1, and it's not really that big of a deal because I don't really think we expected much. This team is limping down the stretch. So get, get, go ahead on your Davidson Sanchez. Let's let's hear about how, how bad he is. And, and uh, tell if you if you are able to, tell me something I don't know. Yeah, you know, I, I will start by saying I really don't want to pick on, pick on anyone. I think everyone on this team has been terrible, and I think – 
it's a little bit unfair to Sanchez to expect him to do well when he hasn't played any minutes and then just gets thrust into a back four when we haven't played it all year. And I, I'll get to that in a second. So I, I don't want to like single Sanchez out, but for the first and third goal, he's blatantly at fault. The first goal, he's way too, he's way too t- close to the right touch line. He causes long long lay to have to, to to push to the right to cover space that he that he is leaving just wide open. Long lay has to recover to help Davies out, can't get there in time. It was great ball movement around the top of the box from Brentford and Sanchez just put his whole back line in, in, in a bad spot by being really out of position. And then the third goal, he and, and I've got pictures, I'll put it out in a tweet for the listeners who are interested, but he, he's, again, way too close to the right touchline, and he stands there and watches uh, Skip get compressed by two guys. He watches as the ball's recovered, and he watches as both guys break for a two-on-one on long lay, and then he moves. So, And then the entire time he's standing there just honestly not moving or paying attention to anything, there's a striker right off his left shoulder in, in wide open space where he should be standing. So I think, I think what happened is – You know, like I said, when you've played a back three all season long and you haven't played at all, and then you're asked to play in a two, um, you know, in a three, you you have so much coverage around you and and you know that there's going to be runs that are that are tracked. Right. And so your spacing is different. Right. I don't need to say it any differently than that. And then again, you get put in, in, in the pairing and you haven't played all year and it just didn't make a lot of sense. And I, and you can tell that Sanchez in his mind is playing right center back for both of these goals. And it just really threw the, threw the the line off. So, you know, uh, it's tough. It really looks bad on Sanchez. I think Mason has to take some of the blame for, for the way we, we set up yesterday for sure. I think, unfortunately, that's a little bit of an inexperience showing, right? Thinking that we can just go back to playing the Tottenham way when, we don't have near the personnel to be able to do that right. And I think two world-class managers showed us that over the past three years. So Mason's going to have a great career. I'm not picking on him, but there's just a lot that didn't go go well yesterday. It's something that Mason will honestly learn from and become a better coach because of it, right? But Sanchez was put in a tough spot, and he did not rise to the occasion yesterday, unfortunately. Uh, two things to, of note for the listeners' sake, I'll tell you that, that Scott said he had an hour on Davidson, Davidson Sanchez. He only did about three and a half, four minutes. So congrats to him for condensing it down to that. Thank um, you. And secondly, I think there is a really big question to be asked. when it, Just when it comes to the lineup in general, there's a question to be asked about some of the managers that we've been linked to in the hand, last handful of weeks. And I don't know that we're going to have a ton of time to dive in or that we really have too much of a too much fat to even to, to even bite into on the managerial stuff today. Um, but it, it, I've got a lot of questions because a lot of the managers that we've been linked to play in a back four system, and this team has not been built over the last handful of months and even years to play in, in such a system. So th- there's a lot of questions to be asked with all of that and, and whether or not that would be the right decision and whether, well, whether or not it would be the right road to go down. Yeah, and I'll be quiet so other people can talk, but I just want to say one more thing to, to that point. I, I am a little bit concerned. I mean, I look at Cuda Romero. I as our best center back, who's much better in a back three, right? I even look at a guy like Emerson Royale, one of my notes from the match yesterday, that man has turned himself into a fucking wing back and a very good one, right? And at the start of the season, we were all like, the guy's shit going forward. He can only defend. Yesterday, he he showed me that he has put a lot of time and effort into becoming a wing back, and he's going to look good there. Um, 
So I just, you know, I think I'll start next year regardless of our manager. I think he's our number one, but it's a shame that we put so much effort into turning him into wing back, and then there's a good chance we don't end up using them, which, you know, kudos, and, and I'll tip my cap to Levy for another one there. But but it is it is very frustrating to your point that we have have, have waffled in the way that we set ourselves up from, from a, honestly, a football direction overall all the way down. So it's funny that Scotty mentioned um, Daniel Levy. Some of the Brentford crowd are actually singing, he's one of your own, he's one of your own, Daniel Levy, he's one of your own. And I just bad. burst out laughing when I heard that. That's not bad, man. It was just, because here's the thing, here's the thing, though. It just says how toxic the environment has become around it. Well, okay. Uh, yeah, so let's actually, let's actually, before we talk, own. before we talk Harry Kane, let's dive into that really quick because. I do want to know, you said you were there, the environment was, was bad. Obviously it's been bad for weeks, but like, has it, I guess, here's my question. Has was the, with the environment yesterday, especially with two games being played between the men's and the women's, was it as bad as it has been in recent weeks? Worse? Where was it on the spectrum of, of, you know, for example, the United match from a few weeks ago? Um, was it worse, it was better? Same. It was same. Okay. No, I mean, like, well, obviously, obviously, look, the United game is different because it's an evening match. People coming off to work, sure. which is an early morning match. You got they're, they're different, different weather. But the one thing that you did notice, I mean, there were a few hummings of like people singing, but not, but literally, they were like, there wasn't much of it compared to a United game. There was, I couldn't hear any singing in the high road. There was, right. there was literally zero. There was none of it when I actually, you know, and there was there was a little bit when I got into the main concourse. Because obviously it's the last game of the season. This is the last time a lot of us are going to see each other. And the, the, one of the problems when it, when it is a morning game, I mean, a lot of people, I mean, compared with there was a double header as well. If it's like, say, a three o'clock game, a lot of people will be in the pub. They'll be saying goodbye to each other because they won't see each other now for two to three months. Right. You didn't get that opportunity. So just as like, I think you'll talk about it later, Luke's tomorrow is like goodbye. We weren't able to say goodbyes as well to a lot of people just the way it was. And so that kind of doesn't work, doesn't help. But like I said, it was just, you know, I mean, they're literally, you had like people like just like people cheering the balloons in and amongst the crowd <laughs> more than the actual, what was on the pitch. And yeah, it well. was just, and, and obviously we'll go on to what happened later, but when I met the Laker boys, that was just, it was, honestly, I yeah. don't know. What's do, more do we know? Net. Do we know or, why or people are trying to make? Why are Why are we trying to make purple and gold the the colors of protest? Purple and gold that. until we're sold. Purple and gold until we're sold. Purple and gold until we're sold. They've literally chosen That's those what colors. It is. It's literally be because of a yes. because of a riddle. Okay. Well, well, I, well I've, I've told you. I, 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 like, like I told Andrew earlier, we are the English are not good at protesting. We are more storm of the capital than storm of the Bastille, kind of thing. You know. <laughs> Well, so I mean, it's that's, just yeah. That's how. That's, uh, I laughed at the line yeah, earlier. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just trying now. to say it's a good line. I, I, yeah, I'm not yeah, sure anybody would want to be would want would want to be associated with either of those things. But I hear you. But I'm just I'm just saying that I'm just saying if you're trying to be something different and trying to get change, literally dressing up as the LA Lakers is not going to help. I'm just, yeah, and, I'm, and I'm, when I pointed that out to them, they were like, and, they, and then like, the penny dropped, and it was like, you really haven't thought about this, have you? And I'm like, and it was just, don't be wrong, I met, because my friend Tommy from Chicago Spurs, and Forsyth Spurs was there, and he was talking about, because obviously, I think his, the Chicago teams haven't done that well over the, the, 
the recent years. They haven't. I think they won one title and or two titles. And but well, not the basketball team, but like the other the hockey and uh, football teams, they haven't done that well. But he goes, look, we're just used to it. You know, we, we're used to this, and we know that we might get a chance next year. But it was just a case of, you know, when you're looking at this, and the people are saying, oh, look at him. And I'm saying to him, look, it's not about getting a clean billionaire in. All I'm saying is, unless someone comes in with enough money, because here's the thing that you noticed, and I said this, all the people that were protesting and everything, as soon as they left, they didn't leave to go to the pub. They went down to the concourse, bought food, ate drink. So, yeah, if you're angry at Enoch, yes, protest. And, yeah, but don't be eating the food and drink, which also, adds to their bottom line. Also, no one's coming in. I don't know. No one's coming in. This this team is, is owned by Enoch and run by Daniel Levy, and that's that's the way it is and and the way it, it has been. The only people I can imagine coming in is AEG. It's like, it's like someone who owns – I mean, I think I don't know who owns like I mean maybe maybe it could be the LA Lakers, like Jenny Buss from the LA Lakers wants to buy us something because we're paper and gold. But like yeah, I, whoever owns the like, arenas. I do I do so also one of arenas, one of my favorite one of my favorite bits that Shuban does on the Tottenham Depot, and this is I, I want you to know Shuban, this is praise, is is when we when we start to talk about the the environment and the atmosphere over in England because you're there and you can really give us a first hand view of it. You you always make these American sports references that are like 90% of the way there, but not a hundred percent. And it's so great. And I just want to applaud you for it because it is a very, very good bit. Um, I, I, I really enjoy it very much. Uh, I don't look, I'm, I'm kind of sick of talking about environment. We got one more game to get through in this season and, and then we can enjoy a summer of more speculation and everything like that. Um, I'm kind of, we're going to have time to talk about this bullshit. And I just, I don't know, guys, I'm, I'm already ready to move on from it for, for this episode. We can push it. Uh, down the road, like they seem to be doing with every decision, managerially or or director of football or otherwise, all of it's being pushed. So we're going to continue to push. Let's talk for a second about Harry Kane because Harry Kane earlier this week, big mural was put up, gorgeous mural, very beautiful, a lot of social media buzz about it. Uh, his family was out there, the handprints, gorgeous touch, love it all, very sentimental, very wonderful. Then he goes out um, and yesterday scores again. Again, the free kick, if you want to call it a true free kick, because Kulisevsky did get the touch on it, but whatever. It was a great goal. Uh, I believe it was 25th different game he scored in this season. Is that the number? Which sets a record for most number of games scored in in a 38-game Premier League season. Um, just another another accolade. Check it off the list. Um, Caroline, what else can we say about Harry Kane? He's had what is like subjectively, objectively, any way you want to look at it, he's had a an amazing fucking season and doesn't really get thought about because there's the robot up in Manchester who's scored all the goals and they won the title and fair enough to them. Like, like doff of the cap to them, I'd rather them than the other people that could have won it. But Harry Kane's season is going to go so overlooked and it shouldn't. I think he always gets overlooked just because he's not a flashy superstar kind of player. Um, which I think is part of the reason why we, we love him so much, you know, but I, I was just shocked that he scored that free kick. And then of course realized it wasn't a legitimate free kick. Um, Cause that would have just been, been too bizarre uh, knowing his history with free kicks. But yeah, I, I personally don't think he's leaving the club. I know there was a lot of chatter about that online, but to me, 
and, and admittedly, I only saw a little bit of video and pictures from after the game, but it, it didn't look to me like a couple seasons ago when he was very clearly like emotional and looking like he was saying goodbye to the fans. Um, to me, this seemed much more like, you know, see y'all in a few months <laughs> kind right. of behavior. And I, we've also talked about it before. Like there's realistically not that many teams that he would go to. And I just don't see it happening this summer. So, which is good for us. You know, he's so important to the team. It's, you know, we can't expect for there to be new ownership or new chairman anytime soon. So we kind of just have to hope that they reverse course and get it together and actually build a team around him that that can compete better. The the mural did not feel like a going away present to me personally. I don't know. No. It, d- it didn't seem like that way in general. It just felt like this guy has some kind of, I, it, you know what it also kind of felt like to me, honestly, it almost felt like an early um, edition of giving him the armband for next season when Hugo departs. It almost felt like, like, like this is the first step in you. You have a mural here now. We're gonna we got handprints from from you and your family. We're gonna do this little little social media bit, and in the coming weeks, it's gonna be announced. This guy's taking the armband next season. It felt like a precursor to that almost, instead of a, a going away gift to me. Yeah, I agree, and I think it would have been strange if the club hadn't done something similar to that to mark the occasion of him becoming the, the club's all-time leading goal scorer um you know short of building a statue right they, they still should but yeah that's that's what i interpret I'm, it as i'm admittedly not a statue person i hate statues so i i would be against that because i just think that that's a little too much idolatry but that's a whole tangent i could go on for probably another another podcast or another day but i i hear what you're saying um i i just when it comes to the whole Kane debate, I, I continue to go back to the only time I felt like Kane was ever going to leave this club was a few summers ago when the Manchester City calls were coming. And the fact that he didn't, I thought that shut the window. And I don't I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he's playing the rest of his, his career with this club. Um, I don't know. For me, I saw Harry Kane's first game at the old Whitehall Lane. And... It genuinely did feel like it was going to be the last game. I say, I mean, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe he's like, he may leave the Premier League to go to say like Real Madrid or something like that. But that's what it just felt like to me. It just felt like, the, and amongst the crowd as well. They, do you know what? When Sol Campbell left, I mean, everyone did Sol Campbell souls afterwards. But there was there was real anger and anger towards him. But with Harry Kane, there is no anger towards him. If he went, obviously he went to Arsenal. Yeah, they'll be angry towards him for that. But I'm just saying, there there was just like a resignation that he deserves much better than what he'd been given. And just still talk, talk about his numbers, Andrew. He has scored 28 goals. We've scored 60 goals in the Premier League. He scored half our goals. I did he not realize that. That's he has scored insane. 28 goals, and he's I think he had about 10, 12 assists, something. Which so again, it's just like like 10 goals, 10 assists game seasons are rare for players but he's done that again and here's yeah. the thing if it wasn't for him i remember when just to give an example teddy sharing was before harry Kane came along people used to ask me who's my favorite Spurs striker i said teddy sharing when teddy sharing one season was injured and he, he missed a lot of the season this was i think all the idea is his first season um, being our manager we almost got relegated 
because so much of our play went through sharing and some of our goals went through him. We almost got relegated that year. And if Harry Kane hadn't stayed fit and hadn't played many games, you know, I think. And the thing about what Kaz said, yes, he, he got he broke the record back in was it February before I flew out to the states. He, he broke the, that's when he broke the record. So they could have done that mural months ago. They could have done that mural months ago, because just to, just to put it into context, where the, the place where they did it, first of all, Spurs own all the properties in those area, so they had uh, they own the freeholds. So, I'm not going to hold so that against yeah. them, though. I, I think they wanted to wait until yeah. the last the, the week of the last home game. There's, I, I I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna fret about that. But I hear what you're saying. I, I think the only reason that he's not going to Real, a place like Real Madrid, is because it's impossible for him to catch Alan Shearer if he goes to Real Madrid, and that, I think that would be yeah. something that would be important to him because those are the kinds of things that, um, you know that that he's just, that he's focused on in his career. I'm going to counter that by saying, do you know what? He's on, he's on two ten right now, maybe. I think if he stays next season, he'll get 230. So he'll probably get 240. He'll do a couple of years at Real Madrid and then he'll come back to Spurs. Maybe. I, I, it's potentially, but I just, I don't know, yeah. man. I, I don't see him. And then they're going to be like three, five, ten goals. Yeah. Where are you with this? Because I, I, I think you're the one that's maybe waffled the most on it. And I don't say that in a negative way. I, I feel like you've just, you've had, you know, you've had differing opinions even, even amongst your, your own thought on this. Yeah. No, I agree. I think. I don't know. I felt pretty strongly maybe six weeks ago that he was going nowhere, even a month ago. I think as things got so bad, you know, I started to maybe just question if there if there was an opportunity for him to have a really honest conversation with the club about, about where things are and what opportunities lie ahead for him. Um, he's, he's now – He's now the record goal scorer at Tottenham. I don't see anybody breaking that for a very, very long time. You know, and if there were an opportunity for him to go somewhere, you know, in the Premier League, that, that's, uh, I guess, more of a well-run club, um, opportunity for a pay increase, uh, and to continue towards his goal of becoming the all-time Premier League scorer. You know, I just wonder if there is an opportunity for an honest conversation there. But I, I would say that, that I do – I, I would say he's not going anywhere. If I if I was put on the spot and said I had had to answer the question, and and that's just because I think, you know, the way that the numbers and 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 all of that map out, it just doesn't make sense. And there's only a couple clubs that could afford him, and it doesn't seem like, you know, that would be something that, especially City, right? They've got their striker, so I, I think he's a Spurs, and you know, I wonder. I wonder if I should say that, you know, I feel I, I feel sorry for him that, that he's a Spurs because of that. You know, maybe he wants to be here, but I think, you know, to Shibon's point, I would not feel anything other than appreciative and grateful to Kane if he were to go. And I would, you know, wish him well with my entire heart if that were to happen, right? I think that guy deserves everything, everything that he wants in life. Um and if that's with, with Spurs and he wants to be here, great. I just really hope that he's not pinned in by the club because that guy deserves so much more than that. I think that the only caveat I would offer to my own thought that he's not going anywhere would be that if they go out and make a, a Nuno Espirito Santo hire at manager or some, some, some someone of that ilk, I think that if they it's did possible. something like that I, – I, and, I, and look – Yes, it's possible. There's a non-zero chance of that happening. So I, I would I would add that if they hire someone at least reputable and show some kind of reset and direction like they've been doing for the last handful of seasons, 
um, that at least it can be bought by Kane, or at least he can squint and 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 see something there. I think he stays. But if they go out and hire, if they go out and hire you or me to manage this club, I could see why he would want out, and I wouldn't blame him either. Um, look, someone we definitively do know is going to depart at the end of the season is Lucas Mora. He got um, that officially kind of brought up this this week by the club, like, hey, this is it. And the I think the social media um, push was 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 a lot. And look, we all know why this is. We all know why Lucas Mora is a beloved figure at this club. Uh, it, it's, you know, it's what he did in Amsterdam a couple seasons ago. Lucas Moore is really difficult for me to talk about just because of all of the off the pitch stuff with him. There's a lot of, um, people who may or may not know what I'm talking about or may or may not even like that. I'm bringing it up, but I, I don't care. Like that's you, everybody who's listened to this podcast kind of knows the kind of podcast that we are. Um, I just, I don't really have a lot to say uh, for, about Lucas Mora other than, Thanks for that memory and that moment. It's something that will forever live in all of our minds as Spurs fans. It was hella cool to be a part of something like that. Um, and otherwise, yeah, you had, but you're not a, he's not a legendary figure at the club or anything for me. He's a guy who provided that really great moment. And I'm not trying to disparage Lucas by saying that he's contributed some good things over the last handful of seasons, but I don't know, for me, I just thought little far for me on on all of the the social media and the and the pomp and circumstance this week but i but at the same time i get it because he did he did do this really good thing that one time i think it's another example of the club's comms just being really muddled at the end of the season because there there are so many fans who he's been like one of the most frustrating players to watch over i would say the last two seasons honestly so it's, I don't know, I feel like making a big deal out of it kind of brought up a lot more frustration than they probably wanted to be facing right now when so many other things are going wrong. Because um, like you said, he, he uh, got his, what, like 30, 35 minutes of play, which I'm sure was like predetermined. Um, and it was just frustrating because there, there have been so many games this season, especially where he did not need to be playing, period. And yet here we are. So. And yeah, any, either of you gentlemen have anything else to say on Lucas Mora? <laughs> oh, oh. Um, so I was actually no, there when they um, unveiled. I was actually there on when they unveiled Lucas Mora. It was a very touching moment. This was at the old Wembley. Oh, it was at new. Uh, sorry, the old Wembley. The, the new Wembley when we were staying there. And at the time, everyone thought, well, he's clear because again, no, not many people knew who Lucas Mora was outside of the fact that Sir Alex Ferguson tried to sign him before PSG did, and then Alex Ferguson ended up signing Wilfred Zaha. So that's what that's what, that's what most people knew about him, kind of thing. But um, look, the way I, the way I describe Lucas Mora is kind of like you. This is long before you guys were watching the club, watching the watching the game, watching the uh, the club. There was a guy called Ronnie, uh, Ronnie Rosenthal, and he scored a hat trick in the FA Cup at the Old Dell, which was a really intimidating ground, and it allowed us to get through to the semi quarterfinal, semi final of the FA Cup. And this is in the Joe, like Jurgen Klinsmann, Joe Francis era, and they rewarded him. They gave, they let him start the game, and he was hopeless. He had an absolute stinker of a match because he was a super sub. But that, that, that's what his job was. And I'm sorry, but Lucas Mora, at best, he has been a super sub for, for, the, for the best parts of his Spurs career, and even now as a super sub, let's face it, he hasn't really 
been shining in that. And I, I, this is the thing. I think Ryan Mason knows this is his last game. So he thought, you know what? I'm going to do a solid for someone that I know very, very well. He's obviously yeah, Lucas Mora. For whatever people, Lucas Mora is obviously well thought of at the club. Um, they did, like, I think, on Spurs play. I think you guys have seen they did a like a documentary about him. So clearly, this is someone they they were very much invested in. Maybe, maybe they're not in the Brazil market. Just to put it into context, I've actually found a lot of Brazilian fans actually. Maybe this is even pre Richarlison that are now coming to see Spurs. Maybe because of Brazil economy and stuff like that, but they will come and watch Spurs as well. So. I don't know if it's an odd nod to that or whatever, but like I said, look, that hat-trick against Amsterdam, it, I always say this, in terms of my Spurs history, I've seen Gaza's free kick, I've seen us lift the FA Cup, but that night in Amsterdam, which was for me in Hoboken, probably the greatest night, I mean, I, I, beyond even being rounded with 3-1 at Wembley, because I, I was there for that. And, for, and, and for Luke Smore will always get kudos i mean literally the best way i can describe it is that there's, there's an irish manager jack charlton and apparently he could never buy a pint in dublin because everyone loved him so much lucas mora will never have to pay for a single thing in tottenham again for the rest of his life kind of thing because he's, he's got like that blank check but why are we giving half an hour like give him five ten minutes we don't need to give him half an hour <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah i i i i love you know Lucas for what he did in Amsterdam. I think, you know, I share some some off the field concerns that that Andrew has shared. Right, but um, I think that's just the interesting thing of sports, though, because it's very fair to say the guy really hasn't done a whole lot outside of Amsterdam. Right, I think if it, that that damn handball, I always think about that too, and I think of Lucas. Where I, I do too. I, you know, I was gonna bring uh, that up, and I was like, God, that I don't even want to think about it because it was such a bullshit call. But yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. But yeah, but that's the thing about sports is one one moment can be etched into history forever. I mean, I literally threw a chair across a patio, and I didn't even realize I'd done it when he when he scored that third goal. I just you pulled a you pulled a Bob Knight. I don't know. I guess, yeah. Fortunately, there was no one on the patio, but That's I just good. like, I'm. We were all on one end of the patio, but I just like picked up a chair and just threw it to the other side of the patio, and just like pure pandemonium. And then realized what had happened after it had happened. Right? Those are the kind of things that that happen through sports. So, Lucas had one of those moments, and God, we, you know, could, could we all wish for 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 you know that opportunity to be a professional athlete that has that type of moment? So tip my cat to tip my cap to lucas um but i'm glad he's leaving because it should be the start of, a, of an overdue process of getting some of these guys out of the club that don't need to be here and i will say this i don't want to pick on anybody so i almost didn't want to bring it up but i think if we really are going for europa league there's better choices to be made than like giving somebody an emotional send-off right and i don't know if that's what happened but I, but I saw somebody say on Twitter, and I fully agree. Like Eric Ten Hag will not be giving Phil Jones, you know, emotional minutes in in Man United's match. And maybe that was Shubon that said that. I can't remember, but he he, uh, uh, you know, whoever it was. I appreciate the the thought that I recycled on our podcast here. But ultimately, I just think that that it was probably not the best decision to bring him on if we really wanted Europa League. Now I didn't. So thank you, Ryan Mason, but it's worth talking about. Just to put it into context, Brad Friedel, I think, retired with us. And this is the 2015 season, Poch's first season. 
Champions League was out of the question. We we were going to finish 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 no matter what, but and everyone thought oh, he'll he'll start Brad Friedel or he'll give him a couple of minutes. Didn't do any of that. Mm-hmm. You know, Hodge was focused that. on the result and he's professional. And Brad Friedel is professional. You know, I know he would have loved to have had a few minutes, whether it be at the lane or whoever we played the last game of the season. But you know what? It didn't happen. He was retiring. Obviously, Lucas isn't retiring, so it's slightly different. But ultimately, you know, there's a time for sentiment. And you know what? That's in a friendly. It's never on a professional game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's you're you're 100 right. The final uh, numbers for Lucas, unless he somehow appears in next week's game, uh, 216 matches played, 37 goals, 25 assists for Tottenham in six seasons in all competitions. So. Uh, a do a do. I mean, there's nothing else I, I can I could say other than thank you for your service and you're not a bad guy, but you've got some whack beliefs and thanks for the memories. This was this was a ride. Um, it's just also interesting to think back about Lucas and when he was signed to in that January and how he really did come in and make an impact kind of right away. It was just just wild to think about. But Scott, you brought up uh, you know the the competition for European places and I I think that's where we need to go next. Um, Spurs right now it's <laughs> have fallen to eighth if we haven't looked at it and uh, are a point back of Aston Villa for seventh, which would be the Europa Conference League spot. They are uh, a full four points back, therefore not able to make Europa League. Uh, Brighton have at least clinched Europe at this point, but um, Brentford right behind us with a, uh, a point back. Um, so it's really just coming down to this final week with us and Villa Um and I, I don't know. I guess the question, the greater question is, do you want Conference League or do you not? And I know a lot of people are going to say, well, no, I don't really give a shit about that competition. We were in it the first year it was created a couple seasons ago. Not really much to it. Don't really feel like being a part of it. Um, we did get a question from Andy Nash and, and Andy put it this way. And I want to read this. Uh, this is from his Twitter. Uh, Andy said, I think about it like this. I want conference league because I want us to go through the process of winning a trophy and it's sort of a back to the basics type of winning a trophy competition. Uh, He said, when I coach skills camps, I always coach the kids to start slow, do the drill, right? Once you can do it consistently, you can grow faster and faster and it gets better opposition. Uh, If a reset is what we want. And I think we all kind of agree a reset is what we want. uh, We need a competition that is quote unquote below us. And he (laughs) And he adds, I hate that because we haven't earned the right to be so condescending. Uh, what are our thoughts? And I got to be honest, Andy, I don't disagree. But at the same time, ah, if there are added games to the schedule next year, it just makes everything else more complicated. I think that's the only reason to not want to be in a competition like this one. But okay. I, I, the, the logic is there. The logic is sound. I, 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 and and the, the last point that Andy makes about not having earned the right to be that condescending, what I 1 million percent agree with that. We have not earned that right to be so. And, and a lot of times this fan base and the supporters of this club are that condescending. And I have no idea why, because this the club hasn't won shit oh, I'll, in I'll tell you why. a decade and a half. Why, why, why. I'll tell you why, right, right off. Basically, basically, the Conference League is the grandson of the Intertoto Cup. And we had so much contempt for it back in the mid-90s. Alan Pardew was playing for Spurs. After he after he'd been released from Palace, because we needed to put someone in there, that was what we think of it in England. That that is simply what it is. It is a low. Essentially, 
before there used to be three grand competitions. You had the, you had the European Cup, the Cup Winners Cup, and the UEFA Cup. And guess what? UEFA killed the Cup Winners Cup, and then and that was it. And then so it was then with and, and they don't even call it the UEFA Cup anymore. It's now the Champions League. So we didn't, you know. So we, you know, it's not. It's literally we're reflecting what it is. It is. Just, it's pointless. You've got West Ham who who are probably who are in the final. Who basically, if they hadn't won the last two or three games, they'd have been in the relegation spots. So no, I'm sorry. Back in the day, when, when England were out of, we weren't we weren't, we weren't allowed in Europe post ISIL. We had stuff like the ZDS Cup and the Simod Cup, and Tottenham weren't in that, and it was embarrassing to be part of that as well. You were yeah. literally low rent. I'm, if you're, I'm you're actually really, that. I'm really glad you brought up West Ham because that's not even a factor I had thought about. West Ham are definitely not going to finish in the European places. They're sitting down in 14th, but they are in the Conference League final. Would that actually bump all the spots down one if they were to win that? Because wouldn't they qualify for Europa League if they win the Conference League? Oh, interesting. I think yeah. they qualify for Europa League, and that might bump the sixth-place finisher to Conference League because I think you can only have two Europa League teams in from, from England. I could be wrong about that. I'm doing that completely off the top of my head, but I will look into that for in, in, in a second while you go oh. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 you're good. I mean, I'm very interested too. Um, I, I, I think you know to to the to the listener question comment. I, I, I do understand, you know what's being said. I think my pushback is, we've we've tried that three times in the last five years and said, all right, well, let's go get a Europa League and let's go get a Conference League and, you know, build off of that with really talented managers and we weren't able to do it. The squad's only worse than it was then. I think I've talked about it on the show already, but if you don't have Conference League, it's six or sorry, it's it's between 12 and 18 extra training sessions. And, and why I say that is six matches, that's six days of travel and then six days where you're playing a match, right? That's 12 days. So in theory, you can have 12 more training sessions. You could even have up to 18 more 18 training sessions if you're doing like two a days at any point in time or whatever, right? There's all things, kinds of things you can do with the schedule. But for me, those 12 extra training sessions are how you get back to basics. You know, if that's the goal to get back to basics and get back to the foundation, you know, this, the, the, the drills, all of that, that's done at training. That's not done by winning a competition that, that many don't value. So I think the logic is there, but I would flip it over and say that logic actually tells me that we should that we should not want to be in the conference league and should be taking those extra 12 training sessions to build because we are we're going to start from scratch right with a new manager, new director of football, entirely new direction from top to bottom. And, and again, I'll say it one more time, 12 more days at the training session working on that stuff, I think is is valuable right now. And maybe that ends up giving you that extra edge to, to make a cup, a domestic cup run instead and make I a, would love a, league, that. a league cup or an FA cup run instead of being in Europe. I, I, I hear that. Yeah, logic and, and, and if we want to ask the question, you know, to, to, to ourselves or to the void or whatever, the, the conference league or FA cup. Oh my God. FA cup all day. I would, I would feel so much emotion in, in lifting an FA cup. And um, I hate saying that because our rivals have done that quite often recently. We want to banner them about missing the league. Right. But They've won a bunch of these cups that I'm saying I'd love to have, right? But I take an FA Cup over the Conference League all day. I, I will say, too, I did look it up. 
Um, if West Ham win the Conference League, they do go into the Europa League, but it does not eliminate everyone. It would just mean that eight teams from England are able to make Europe. Seventh place, no matter what, would still qualify for Conference League. West Ham would just leapfrog and go into the Europa with the fifth and sixth place teams. So I did okay. I did double check that. So Ixnay on the uh, West Ham mucking this whole conversation up uh, for us. But Kaz, where are you with this? Because I, like I said, I. I can see both sides. I, I the chips are going to fall where they may, and we're going to deal with it no matter what. It, but I, to me, it doesn't even it doesn't even seem like Tottenham's first foot has been forward to make and you know make these pushes. And maybe they're kind of I don't know. Maybe they're kind of sandbagging us a little bit and don't want to make it and don't really give a damn. Well, I'm just recalling the conversations that we had after we went out of the FA Cup this season. You know, because we were all so frustrated in that moment, and we were kind of talking about the priority list for the club, which we know is always going to be top four because of the financial implications of Champions League qualification. And then lower down in the pecking order is probably a domestic cup. And I think Conference League is like not even on the list, frankly. So it's not so much that the competition is seen as being below us. It's just not a priority. And I think depending on what manager comes in, it's really not going to be a priority. So I'm, I think I'm leaning towards the viewpoint that it would be better to, like Scott kind of said, focus on a domestic cut more so and have those extra training sessions for the new manager to really work on his system. So. Fair enough. Uh, cup finals in Europe, of course, uh, were decided this week. We've got uh, Inter Milan against Manchester City, who of course did clinch the championship uh, this in the Premier League this weekend. Uh, I don't know if we've mentioned that enough already on this episode of the Tottenham Depot, so I want to make sure I, I did get that in. Manchester City won the Premier League. Uh, they also go for the Champions League against Inter. Really interesting Europa uh, Europa League final, guys. Uh, Brian Heal and Eric Lamella connected for Sevilla in a victory in, in the semifinal, and they will face Jose, Roma, uh, Jose Mourinho's Roma in the Europa League final, so that is one to to watch. And then we mentioned West Ham. Who do they they face uh, in the Conference League finals? It, I think it's Fiorentina or someone in the in the Conference League finals. So those have all been been set. But yeah, I wanted to get that shout to. I don't know. I don't know if I'm doing that joyfully or like wistfully with with, with Brian Heal and Eric Lamella because that was something. Seeing seeing the photos in the aftermath of that was a little um, jarring. Maybe is the word. I don't know. Scott, you seem like you have something to say about that. <laughs> No, no, I I was just going to say that for all the shit I talk about the Conference League, it's pretty cool that, that you do have Fiorentina and West Ham United facing off in, in you know, in a match that will that will decide a European Cup. Again, I still stand firmly that I'm not interested in playing in it, but for all the stick the competition gets from many fans, myself included, it is cool to see these types of game happen that, that wouldn't happen otherwise. Yeah, it would just be kind of shitty for the first two lifters of the European Conference League to be Jose Mourinho's Roma and West Ham. That's that's the only part of this where I'm like, really, really is that that's like a little hey, salt in the wound shit. That seems to be right in line with everything that is everything that's been Hotspur. everything so. that's been going on. Uh, well, hey, listen, let's let's shift to positivity. Let's talk about the women's team because the women are yes. not being relegated from the Super League. They got the victory over Reading yesterday for one. Uh, this was the second game of the doubleheader at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, a game that for some reason, when I went to try and go back and on Spurs play and watch it yesterday, I could not. Uh, Tottenham Hotspur, if you're listening, 
fix Spurs play. The interface is not great. Get someone to work on that website and make it way easier to find things uh, and watch videos and post the games that you air. Cause I would have liked to have watched this. I have not yet. I hope they do post it. Um, but I want to turn it over to Kaz because uh, uh, this was obviously a big six pointer. Reading is still at the bottom and this was the one that they needed to get to avoid it. And they did, they got the job done. Yeah. While we're making requests of the club, uh, RE Spurs play. I would love for there to be an Apple TV app so I don't have to keep casting it from my iPad. But that's a small note. Um, but yeah, this, this game was so important because a win guaranteed safety. And this team has been so frustrating at different points this season for different reasons. But I have to give them a lot of credit as well as Vicky Jepson, who I've been pretty critical of since she took over as caretaker, like they all showed up for this game. Um, and even specifically speaking of Vicky, when I saw the lineup, I was not filled with confidence because um, there were a few players who had really, you know, underperformed significantly across the season that I was concerned about, but they mostly, you know, showed up when it counted and, of course, Beth England has transformed the second half of our season. I, I really don't know where we would be without her. And I think she's gotten some flack on social media lately for, you know, supporting Chelsea in the FA Cup final and things like that. But you, if you watch her play and like how she interacts with fans after the game, I feel like it's very obvious that she's committed to Tottenham because she is now a Spurs player and to doubt her like loyalty is ridiculous to me, but huge goals from her. Uh, Celine Bazette getting a really important goal as well, which I think was probably our best goal of the game. It was a, a real team goal. And it was also great to see Kit Graham get her first goal since returning from her injury. That was just a very touching moment. I think for all of us who had been, you know, watching her journey to come back. So now, you know, our last game of the season is, is a dead rubber, but it would still be nice to beat West Ham because I, I think that rivalry is even more pronounced in the women's game, actually. But then the focus just goes to a huge offseason, same as the men's team. We need a new manager. Um, I don't think it's going to be Vicky, even if she showed some more positive signs towards these last few games. Um, I think we just need a more more experienced person. But there's going to be a lot of things up in the air with player contracts as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. Well, not only would beating West Ham be great because it's West Ham, but you would also lead them in the standings. You, uh, you're, you're, you're ninth, you can move to eighth and, and, yep. and push them down with a victory. So that's kind of, I like the the thought of all of those things. Um, so good, good, good job by the way. We've been talking about this for months, obviously like, Oh, this is starting to get a little hairy. Are we, are we really thinking about, this could could fall down down the wayside of, of relegation, but I I do think you're you're right to double click on on Beth England because that to me is the story of of the season for the women. They bring her in in January, and honestly, you said it without without bringing Beth England in, I don't know that this team does survive the drop. I don't think they, they do. do. It's 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 kind of like what has saved their season. So I really oh, do. Um, I think it's spot on to double click on that that moment. Which has to be uh, a huge wake-up call for the club, by the way. Uh, you, you would hope so, yeah. That it came that close. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah you, would, you would certainly hope. I remember saying like times, I think, 
because I remember there's it back in the day when it was when it was, when we were at Chesant, Wendy Martin would get a few goals, and I think ever since she's retired, we've had trouble scoring goals. And her quality, Beth England was just amazing. And and just to talk about after the game, I don't know if um, they showed it on their women's on the spur on the FA player, but they they come over to the to the um, East Stand. And like a lot of the players, Beth England claimed Vicky came over, Shalina Zdorsky as Kara, as Kaz knows, came over, as um, I think Ashnow as well. But Beth England, I mean, you talk about Harry Kane's goals, how important they were. I think, I don't know, percentage wise, Beth England has compared to for Spurs ladies, was compared to Harry Kane, obviously, but it must be at least half. I mean, just having her there, I mean, I honestly, I for me, my favourite player is still going to be Ash because I've I've seen her since Chesant and everything else. But the quality Beth Devil ha- uh, Beth England has, and again the Japanese player whose name I can't pronounce. Again, if we can just make some signings, and if we can make her sign in permanent and just get a couple of signings here and there, then I really do think that we have a tilt of actually challenging for for you know like the ladies equivalent of the Champions League or something. Because if you look at Man United. Both Man United and Tottenham came into the Premier League at roughly the same time, but look at the look at where they've gone and look at where we've gone. Now I know they've a lot of they've obviously they've a lot more homegrowns in terms of the England teams after that, but again we've seen like the, the you know the numbers explode you know just in, just in terms of watching women's football ever since obviously England won the Euros. Just why I might mention that, <laughs> and um, like I said it's just the fact that you know. And like I said, but one thing I would like to see us do, though, is because um, I, I was asking this because I was actually asking where like um, the other teams play their games. I am very happy that we do support Leighton Orient. It's, it's a club very close to my heart because I went to school near Leighton Orient. But it's very far from the from the state from the stadium. It's about a good four, three, three or four miles, which to Americans isn't that much, but to Londoners, it's a pretty far journey. And I would like to see us play at somewhere like Harringay Borough or something, somewhere closer to the ground. Or somewhere closer to like or even Anfield Town, somewhere closer to the training ground. So because I do think that like Arsenal ladies play at Meadow Park. I think Chelsea play at Kinstonians. And so and they'll play the bigger games at Stanford Bridge and uh, and, and at the Emirates. But I would like to see us play somewhere a bit closer to where we actually are from. Because I mean i i I feel bad to Land Orient because I want them to do well and they obviously get money from Spurs playing, you know, Spurs playing there. But I think if you want to see more fans going to these games, you're going to have to have be at a place that is, which is more local. And that isn't Lane Orient. That's an interesting point, Shubhan, and not, not something that I would have um, really thought about because they really just moved in there, as we know. And, and uh, it's not well, they another move. That, right. But it's, an, it's another move it. is not it's something that I would have thought about. Right. No, I, 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 I hear you. And listen, the only reason England won the Euros is because the United States wasn't eligible, buddy. Okay, we got a women's World Cup coming up, and we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna settle that one on the field. We'll, 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 we'll see, we'll see, we'll see, mate, we'll see. Hey, real we'll quick see. on Beth England too. I did. I think it, it's worth noting. You know, we do have somebody to, to build around as far as a leader goes, and 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 um, it's a huge positive. I her goal yesterday. I think. Minutes before she scored, Roz missed kind of a sitter, maybe two actually. And when Beth scored that goal, her knee slide, you could just see amongst the entire team, like everyone was like, okay, we can do this. Like Beth, Beth, Beth scored. We can do this, right? Beth, Beth can do this, right? We can do this. It, it, it was very evident. And 
I just I can't say enough about her, but we have someone in Be- in Bethany, England, to absolutely build a squad around. So you know, to Shubana and Caroline's and, and your points, Andrew, things aren't all bad. I think if I look at the men's team and the women's team, I think the women's team are closer to a couple pieces away from really being able to to start building and moving forward. Right. So. Um, I, I there, think that's right. I think they are ahead of, of, of where the men's team is. I don't, yeah, I don't without a doubt. I mean, I, and I really hope the club takes that seriously and puts the investment in the squad. You know, I think, um, what well, we broke the record, right. When we signed Bethany England and I hope that. Allegedly. That, yeah. Right. And I hope I that I don't, I, I don't think those, dis, I don't think those terms ever fully got disclosed anyway. Yeah, you, you never quite know, but, but reportedly so. Right. And so I really hope that tells us that we're heading in a certain direction. I think there's every reason to be skeptical and that's really just because of the name Tottenham Hotspur at this point, but yeah, it's because uh, of the man, the man that's making all the, all the decisions behind yeah, the Yeah. hundred percent. So uh, it is um, West Ham next weekend I for the women. Has a question. Yep. Go ahead. Shoes. I just want to ask Kaz a quick question. I, I know like there's quite a few players that were out of um, like who got injured, like Kit Graham was injured for what, six to eight months or something. She was injured for a long time. Wasn't she? Or, I mean, Over how much year. of it would you say? How much would you say? Like, it was a case of like we had some incredibly devastating injuries versus like, because I remember like, after Rianne Skinner left or something, or, or fired or something, we actually won four 0 or something, which is, I felt so sorry for her. But how many would you say like we had just so really bad luck with injuries versus like we just didn't have the quality? Would you say, has? Well, I think it's a mix of both things, like the early season injury crisis really didn't help. And I think a lot of those players who came back from injury did so kind of unevenly. Um, You know, it wasn't like a smooth process for quite a few of them. Um, But also I think there are like pretty clear areas of the squad that need improvement and hopefully those will be addressed in the summer. But it was just a tough year with like a lot of different things kind of conspiring against us from the injuries to some of the weird scheduling with like all of those postponements kind of messing with the momentum and rhythm of the season. But yeah, I think it's, it's going to be really interesting to see this summer if the club one learned any lessons from this year and two, if they actually act on those lessons um, cause like Scott was saying, we're really not that far off from being able to compete again as we did last season. Um, and I think at least with some of those players coming back from injury towards the end of the season, we, we're getting closer to having like that core spine of the team intact again. So it's kind of just about building around them. So we'll see. That's I, I appreciate you on interrupting me to bring that up because that's 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 a really good question and really good insight. Um, you can of course get more insight from Caroline on the women's team on N Seventeen Women. Uh, that is the other podcast that she operates on and talks way more in depth about this kind of stuff. Uh, we unfortunately kind of just I, I always feel bad because just a lot of times we just leave the women to the end of the pod and sometimes they should lead. Um, I, I feel like maybe we should have reversed the order today because honestly. The men, the men beating or losing to Brentford three one was kind of just bullshit, and who cares? But the women, you know, staving off relegation, we probably should have loaded the podcast with that. Uh, and so that's an oversight by uh, your program director, yours truly. Uh, that, that's the way that we should have gone about that. We ended on a good Andrew. note, though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. We do end on a good note. So that's that is one way to look say, at it. Well, can I say to you, Andrew that do you know what? Because we obviously 
I would normally stay if we had won the game. I would have obviously done, even got a draw or something. I would have stayed, and then a lot. I would have stayed for like the lap of honor and stuff like that. But obviously, once we were like so bad, and I was like, "That's it, fuck it. I'm just going to go into the bar, to the pub, the bar." But there was a lot of people that I think would have stuck around had the men's performance been that little bit better. Or I think maybe that, and I think there are some people that actually went to the game. Because there were, there were people who had that, like banners like Shalina or Can I Have Your Boots and that kind of stuff. But there were people that thought, you know what? I actually want to see us win a match. I want to I want to yeah. close off my season at home. And I think people want to see that. So kudos to those guys. Got to, which I is think awesome. it was, yeah, yeah. Because I think it was twelve thirty for the obviously the, the Brentford game, four quarter five for the uh, evening game. So a lot of these kids, a lot of the, the people, there were kids there with you know, people there with their kids, and it was very hard. I mean, imagine you have kids all day. And but yeah. yeah, definitely I said and I got I got to appreciate big respect to the Spurs ladies like Shalina, Ash, um I forgot I said Rosaline Alien, I can't pronounce her last name. No, you I, I can't think you she's, she's, she's a Moroc- she's she's a Moroccan international. But they did they, they they all came over and like they, literally the Spurs cheers get trying to kick us out, kick us out. And like they obviously don't, don't know Tottenham fans. They don't know Tottenham. We ain't we don't leave until we want to leave. <laughs> and we're gonna stay we literally they had to literally force us out literally drag us out so i love about that i love the spurs ladies put a great performance on and the those fans put, put put a whole bunch of noise in and literally took the piss out of the stewards that for me what an, what an, what an end to a pretty crappy day good good i'm glad to hear that uh spurs women do wrap up the season next week as kaz mentioned against west ham they moved all those games to saturday didn't they i think all the the WSL games are on Saturday. All the Premier League games end on Sunday. So the men play Leeds United? Question mark. He said. Yes, dirty I, Leeds guys, United. Dirty, okay, dirty okay, Leeds, Leeds United. United. All right. See, I, I took two weeks off from the podcast and I didn't do as much research coming back in. We're gonna we're gonna work to improve. We're gonna work to get better. We're gonna take notes today. Um, but yeah, I, I made a good guess on that one. I made a good guess on Fiorentina earlier too. Um, so I, the only, the only thing I've looked up is that West Ham thing and whether or not they can bump someone out today. So, uh, there you go. Fair enough. Uh, we will be back to you after that, then all of that. Uh, I do want to put a little bug in the ear of the listeners though. Um, the end of the season is coming up, but we're going to keep podcasting. So we're going to need stuff to talk about when there's not an actual game to recap. And I'm sure Spurs are going to provide us plenty, but if you have any ideas for things you want us to discuss, Spurs related, non-Spurs related. Do you want to hear Shuban's opinions on all the American sports teams? Uh, we can we could do a whole podcast about that in the offseason. We want to start hearing some of these ideas from the listeners about off-season content. What do you want to hear from about us? Because it's not all just going to be Spurs related all the time. Uh, we're going to have to fill the fill the air for you all and entertain you all with some other things. So what would you like those things to do? Just want to put that out there. Start getting the ideas going. Tottenham Depot at gmail.com. You can also reach out to us on the socials at Tottenham Depot. Uh, so we will go about it that way. And, and we're going to start brainstorming uh, for off season content. Cause we did this last year and it went great. We had a, we had a ball and honestly it was kind of weird because we were just trying to fill the time where we should have been watching a world cup. So uh, it was all good, but this has been a fun one guys. Thanks for welcoming me back with opening open arms. Uh, and uh, we will do it again next weekend. Uh, Scott can be found at DSM Spurs. Shuban is at the real Shuban. Caroline is at CG Stefko and I can be found at a Stetka. Once again, find us on Twitter and Instagram at Tottenham Depot until next weekend. As always come on you Spurs. 
Thank you so much for stopping by the Tottenham Depot. Thanks to Scott Bird for our intro music, as well as the tunes you are hearing right now. Thanks to Dakota Booth for our artwork. Thank you as well to our spouses who put up with our obsession with this football club and for all that they do. And thanks to you, the listener, who really makes this happen. Supporters make this club, and you, the listener, are what make this podcast possible. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tottenham Depot, and as always, come on, you Spurs. <laughs>